0: Yo, I'm coming from
1: that 3 6, so that's why I got them brains spinning. Ain't nobody using blinkers. We ain't good
2: at lane switching. Better get a plane ticket. I ain't blind, all you chickens, though. Always shoot my shot. Better swishing off the pick and roll, dishing off
1: the give and go. While my squad is driven, so you can catch us on the road. Promise we ain't. RIP City,
0: stuff. are you listening? I'm Christian Gamalian. I'm talking with co host Austin Caphammer, and this is the Peeps and Plaid Podcast. Joining us today is co-host of Trailcasters podcast and behind the scenes on NBC Sports Northwest, Keith Feldner-Smith. Welcome, Keith. How are you doing?
2: Good, man. Good. Thank you guys for having me.
0: Keith! Absolutely. Thanks for joining. And for the first time (laughs) on our podcast, we have two guests. So welcome also to my good friend and longtime Blazers fan, Matt Eldridge. How are you, Matt? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, guys.
1: Matt! Uh, my resume is not as impressive as Keith's, that's for sure. Hey, welcome, Christian friend. I'll take it, though.
2: Oh, yeah. Totally. A, a podcast and, and background at a, a major TV network. I'm not sure if I want to say that's high praise or high athletes yet. I want to sure climb over higher, guys.
3: My resume, Matt, I don't know if you ever watched Nitro Circus. They had that guy, Cousin Greg. That was just like their random cousin who could just do like seven more pass than like Travis Pastrana, like the actual professional. You're like
1: you're like the Cousin Greg right here. I'll take it, man. And yeah, I'll take i love take it. it. <laughs>
0: Top-notch stuff right there. So thank you both for joining us. We cannot wait for the NBA season to start in just two weeks. We're so stoked that we're going to predict the end before the season even begins. So the bulk of our podcast will be our projections for how the standings will shake out this season based on what's happened so far in the offseason. Before we get into that, let's share a few bits of off season news. Perhaps the biggest thing to happen since our last episode is the Houston Rockets have traded former MVP Russell Westbrook to the Washington Wizards in exchange for John Wall and a protected first-round pick in 2023. So what are our thoughts on this swapping of massive contracts?
1: I like it, man. I like it's a fresh start for two players. For one, even when you say former MVP for Russ, like how long ago does that feel now after his last couple seasons? Just, (laughs) I forgot even, just because it's just been so different. But I like him reuniting with Scott Brooks in Washington. And then also I like John Wall with cousins too. Really good friends, college teammates. And then also, I think it's a fresh start with for him, where even if Harden leaves, it sets up Wall to be the guy. If he can do it, who knows? But I think it was like making two bad situations better uh, for two players that were unhappy.
0: Yeah, like neither of them are championship bound, right? And I don't think there's any way the Rockets could have done it with a brand new coach and all that. So um, it's a fresh start of sorts. and, And we'll see how things shake out with that. Any other thoughts on that trade?
3: curious if there's any insight to john wall's like health like like he's he's good he's 100 percent, no questions
0: everything says so yeah
3: all right gotcha yeah. and then and then like the nature of the injuries like what like i can't like what kind of took him out again it was the uh, most leg...
0: recent one was the achilles tear so That's it was right. like yeah. injury plus achilles soreness and then he tore it like i think he was fairly close to coming back and then he tore it I mean, he's an explosive
3: player too, right? Mm-hmm. And that's and that's a and ironically, wasn't that DeMarcus Cousins'
1: injury as well? Yeah, double. Yeah, Achilles. it was Achilles yeah. and then ACL. I mean,
2: oh, thats
3: both. a bit of a—that's <laughs> yeah. a bit of a dice roll. I mean, if your two <laughs> name, namely players are coming off Achilles injuries, uh, from what I've heard about that injury, but I think all you know, all things considered, I think it's a great trade. And we were just talking talking about you know me being from DC. Pre-recording here, and I think having a guy like Russell and DC is big. I don't think that they get too many guys like Russell and DC.
2: Well, I'm I, I'm mostly curious uh, to see which of these teams really kind of succeeds more in the trade. I guess uh, in my mind, I think it's going to be the Wizards. I think the Wizards yeah. with West uh, yeah. with Westbrook look a little better. Westbrook and Beal, I think, <laughs> have a much better kind of relationship and kind of uh, chemistry on the floor. Uh, Than what we could see from Wall and Harden, and kind of like what you mentioned, actually, uh, Matt. I think uh, you mentioned that John Wall and Boogie will be kind of the big deal of like how do they mesh together. And you could be totally right about that because with the way things are going with Harden so far, and we'll get to that in <laughs> a minute. Uh, <laughs> that might be a totally different factor on the team. Mostly though, I, let, let me just kind of lead forward with this. I have these two teams in the East and West ranked the same. Ooh. I don't know if anyone knows. Intrigue. Yeah. I have them ranked
0: one apart, so I'm right there. Okay, <laughs> okay. You're with me. And, and to my previous ranking crazy. for one of them was at the same as the other. So yeah, I just I just switched yeah. it before the recording. <laughs> I'm I'm one apart as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's no way the Wizards end up really looking bad in this just because they haven't had John Wall for two years. So yeah. having an MVP in Russ, he's not obviously his shooting is terrible lately, but they should have a better record than last year, and it should be reflected on Russ regardless and he's got a great attitude coming into the season already so I'm expecting relatively good results there um so like you just mentioned Keith uh the Houston Rockets are you know there's a bit of fallout to their situation they lost their head coach um they lost their GM I mean I say lost they fired the GM and Mike D'Antoni decided not Hard to come back days. something like that. And James Harden has allegedly requested a trade to the Nets. It's not totally confirmed, uh but he's not showing up to practice right now. He's apparently out partying. So, any <laughs> thoughts on this James Harden situation? I I'll, I'll let our I'll let our two guests give their thoughts first cuz
3: mine aren't I want someone to put some honey on before I take I off. mean I think that <laughs> I like it.
1: Hardens just exposing his true colors right now which is weird like he was someone that at least for for a time in the league it was like you're a great player and you're respectable with how you carry yourself and if he actually is like out partying and skipping practice and doesn't show up and holds out it's like dude you're you're Kevin Durant 2.0 like just some of the prima donna yeah. stuff and um and then Russ right so it's kind of interesting looking back at that OKC OKC team and they were all good buds, and they may all be very similar people as well too. Um, so yeah, I think that Harden, yeah, I think Harden has nothing to lose in playing for the Rockets this season, and just seeing how it goes. And if it sucks, then yeah, all the more double down. And I think the Rockets, if if there is chemistry between Wall and and Cousins. They could get some really good ancillary pieces with Levert and Dinwiddie to come in where if, if John Wall is even a shadow of what he was and making people around him better and Cousins can still get assists, rebounds, blocks, steals, score, all of it. like yeah. They could have some interesting pieces for sure. So I think Harden just needs to get to practice and not lose some of the respect that his name has because he's one of those players that's been like, you, you do it the right way it seems like for the most part. Besides the fake, the flopping and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. that's more as a Blazer fan than anything else. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Karis Levert and Jarrett Allen. So if the Rockets can somehow get both of them and maybe a couple other pieces, I know the salaries have to match in order to get to get rid of James Harden because he apparently wants to go there. That would be great for them, I think.
2: Well, that's that's the big thing, though. For sal, you have to have salaries match to make a move like this work. But what? motivation would the nets have to give up that many pieces uh, uh, at the very least if you have to match 45 million dollars in salary why are you giving up your best pieces like large pieces to make it work i feel like the the thing the nets would want to do if they're going to really pursue this would be giving up a whole bunch of small pieces to try and reach 45 but you give up Karis levert you give up these other guys that are actually worth something that's Mm -hmm. not helping your team
3: Yeah, and so
2: i'm I just, I really don't see this deal going down, to be honest. I don't see Harden ending up there, at least not in the, in the sense of a trade, because it, there's just no reason the Nets would make this work. Like, there's no reason the Nets would make this happen when they should have, they should feel at least like they have all this leverage over Houston because Harden obviously doesn't want to be there.
0: Yeah, and and if a trade was easy, I'm sure it would have happened already. So uh, exactly. I agree with you there. Yeah. Like. Karis Levert's a guy that they wouldn't want to give up. It doesn't make sense. His extension, I believe, kicked in, so he has a much higher salary that can actually work better to contribute, but they're gonna look at moving guys like DeAndre Jordan before Karis LeVert for sure. Obviously, they might want to because Kevin Durant wants James Harden, apparently. But yep. other than that, it's they're gonna have to figure it out.
3: Man, can I, I mean, sidetrack though? On the yes. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. No, go for it, Keith.
2: Just as as far as let's let's say this move did happen. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, James Harden. Are we really thinking this is a good team? I mean, again, I'm not uh, going to step ahead. I yeah. know we're talking about rankings later. But, like, man, I almost want that to happen just because the implosion of that team would be phenomenal. That would be That's amazing it. to
0: watch. Yeah, I, I think the Nets are a crazy good team right now if everyone's healthy. And I think throwing James Harden in that would be so fun to watch. Yeah, so
3: fun. <laughs> James Harden says, I'm willing to return to my six-man roots oh and my gosh take what? over i will be whoa, whoa, whoa. i will be lou will 2.0 no i'm just kidding that's not no way <laughs> like, oh, so hey that. hey yeah. hey no um uh, absolutely not <laughs> but you know there's this idea that james harden is uh was a uh, uh his game was was is obvious was and obviously is respectable but um i've watched enough post-game interviews. With him and Chris Paul to be like, I do not like James Harden. Like, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Like, and I'm not. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm sure he's a really fun guy to go out with, whatever. Um, but as far as like a basketball fan, like I've watched too many post game interviews where it's just like, it's I don't know. It's I think there's I think. I am all for like the new age athlete, like giving athletes more of a platform to speak and and all that jazz. But like I've seen post game interviews and I really wish I would have came with more ammunition, but like where the Blazers have literally (laughs) lost and like him and Chris Paul are just like basically laughing and like being super smug. And I'm like, wow, like this is really foreign and really odd to watch. Like I just I I don't see it like I'm not even I'm not even speaking in unreasonable absolutes. We don't see it with Damian Lillard. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, you said, you know, kind of prima donna comment and or somebody said the prima donna comment. You know, I think that would absolutely be on brand with what the, the Brooklyn Nets are are planning for as far as how that pans out in a basketball scheme and and and, and ball dominant players. Yeah. Imploding might be a, a very accurate word. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I mean, I just I guess what I just wanted to highlight is. We see a guy who's not shown at the practice, whatever. We see it all time in the NFL, whatever. But it's consistently going out, jeopardizing team status, even in season. Wasn't it, right? In the bubble, maybe? Wasn't there a, a situation? No, that I'm, was that Lou Will? That, that was, was Lou Will. That was someone else. Okay. Uh, yeah. We got to talk about six men. I'm mixing <laughs> up.
1: I <bringing laughs> was going to success. a strip club for food. That is, that's yeah, a, no, you know what? Gosh. It's hard to
3: look through that. But, um, hey, you know uh, – i I wish him the best wherever he ends up man and um you know he's actually one of those players i would love to see like get his go to a franchise that's not a small market but like get his own team like truthfully you know and i think initially the rockets thought that's what it was going to be
2: and it's just wait wait, hold up you you're talking about harden yeah
0: oh i want to get Harden Harden another team
2: for
3: like six years I think yeah, he had the Rockets bro, but I really, you know what? I am incredibly biased with Mike D'Antoni. I think Mike D'Antoni is is not a good coach. And I, I think like the Rock- I like and it. I think the Rockets also like their management is questionable. And I think he's that gonna have they're him in Brooklyn if he goes there.
0: No, no, he's in. Uh- <laughs> oh, yeah, a point.
3: I think you need a stronger front. I think you need a stronger front office with James Harden. And maybe I'm saying I'm digging myself a deeper hole here, but I think that. He's a kind of player who obviously Pat Riley's like really old now, but like if you had like a younger Pat Riley and like really strong personality, just go along with him and not just be like, whatever. We'll hand you the cues to the city. Like, I think that it might actually do him more good in his career.
2: I, I think I think we need to remember. I think a lot of James Harden's value, a lot of the the, the way that we see him has been because of Mike D'Antoni's system. Yeah, really? the playing playing the numbers like the way that D'Antoni plays ball and runs that team That is a huge part of why Harden has been successful because you there's a you could not put him There's a number of other teams that if you put James Harden like inserted him in there and demanded the same Touches the same ball control to one player as opposed to the other team that team the locker room would not last as long yeah. as the Rockets did and he's like and he's uh, a little
3: bit too old and far along in his career to like implement like play style changes
2: i get but, it but that's, that's yeah I, i'm I just like i i think uh, i feel like this thing that we're saying where you need a real front office or a real kind of coaching staff to deal with harden i think that should be a real uh kind of drag on harden's reputation more than it, it, and,
3: and yeah. i think it is i think it is yeah. um absolutely
0: all right well we'll talk uh, a little bit more about the rockets in our rankings but i have one last bit of non-blazer news uh, in the nba paul george another you know History guy with the Blazers. You know, I think Dame hit a shot over him or something. Paul George called out his former coach, Doc Rivers. (laughs) Yeah, bad shot. On All the Smoke podcast with Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes. He said, Doc was trying to play me as a Ray Allen or a J.J. Redick. All pin downs. I can do it, but that ain't my game. I need some flow. I need some mixes of some pick and roll and post-ups. So that's pretty crazy. Just straight up calling your former coach out. And then Doc responded... He said, "Hey, listen. I enjoyed coaching him, so not a lot to say there. Ty Lue was sitting right next to me, so he better hope it's not adjustments. It ain't going to be that much different. So <laughs> that's where I'm at. I'm like, you really think Tyron Lue is going to be the difference maker there? I'm not. I'm not saying Doc's the best coach in the world, but like, really? I don't
3: know. Ty Lue's a hothead. Better watch out.
0: I mean, he he can deal with big personalities. Apparently, he won a I championship know, with the Sometimes he
1: gets all, he gets stepped all over. So. No." Uh,
0: <laughs> I agree. I see what you did there. I, I agree, and so does Alan Ivers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. So, Paul George, I feel like in recent he- years, he is one of the players that has fallen from from good graces to being like public enemy number one the fastest. And I think, again, it's another guy that Dame has just ended, right? Like, it was when he went at Dame is when all of a sudden his trajectory... Because I've yeah. loved Paul George, too. He's been fun to watch. But the second he went after Dame, everyone's like, you don't go after Dame. Like, what are you doing? And then Dame gets him, and then he starts Not making like excuses. <laughs> and, yeah, he, he just... He's just so quickly, and again, t- today, I think t- it was today, he said, I want to be a-, a clipper for the rest of my career, right? And then someone came out with him saying similar statements when he was on Indiana and, and when he was on OKC, and they did this like picture with all the times that Paul George says- said that. And it's like, dude, when you kept your mouth shut, everybody loved you. Just stop talking. Yeah. yeah.
3: And, Dame- and Dame commented, he said, Al Capone, which is short. Yeah. All, all cap. All it's it's mm. all yes. That's you. You don't. You don't.
0: Yeah. It's crazy.
2: Just dude. to quickly throw this in here too, uh, as far as the quotes, this is where my heart is. I want to retire a clipper. That's what he recently said, right? Mm-hmm. I'm here to stay. We can bring this home. That's what he said in Oklahoma City. How long was he <laughs> in Oklahoma City? Okay. Uh, and before that, my goal is to win one here. I never want to leave Indy. He said that, obviously, in Indiana. So yeah. don't trust this man, yeah. LA.
0: <laughs> the writing is already on the wall. <laughs> yeah. And, and my mind was blown when he uh, had that extension with OKC. I was like, oh, there's no way he's staying there. He's going to LA first no. chance he gets. And then yeah, he absolutely. went to LA second chance he got. But. Who do you think yeah. <laughs> out of there first between Kawhi and him? Oh,
2: Paul George. Kawhi, I, I, I do think Kawhi has a little bit of that where he... They, they both have this uh, this kind of this this campaign, I guess the propaganda. that They're saying, oh, I, LA is my home. I've always wanted to be here. I believe that a little more from Kawhi than I do from Paul George. As far as him and uh, Doc use him as a Ray Allen, as kind of a, a spot-up guy. I just want to throw this in here. I saw someone else bring this up. I can't remember where I saw it. Paul George, as a pick-and-roll ball handler, Far and away, this last season had a larger chunk of that than any previous time in his career. No, uh, way. the previous I think in the, in the last <laughs> no for real in the last five years, Paul George pick and roll as the ball handler. It
3: was like thirty three best- percent or something, right? It was yeah, it, it definitely went up nine this season.
2: Yeah, previous uh, before before the season uh, before thirty two point nine, it was 24.5, 25.2 before that, seventeen point five before that, and twenty one before that. So he literally was used <laughs> less as a Ray Allen this wow. season than any other time in his career you can't make this. this up gosh that is awesome. numbers don't lie that's hilarious <laughs> kind of sheet it's not it's not ball don't lie stats don't lie it's the same thing
0: yeah <laughs> we love to see it <laughs> you're balling on the stats oh mm-hmm. yeah so uh there you go. <laughs> we can we can start some blazers news now so first off okay. some great news Blazers facilities were closed just as soon as they opened, as four people tested positive. Actually, three people tested positive for COVID, including one player. So that's you know that's a fun one. <laughs> Apparently, Nurk is out of the country right now with family.
2: Hey, I'm, I'm, this might just be an update. I think Nurk arrived yesterday. I believe he okay. came to yeah. town oh, uh, yesterday. He was the last Blazer to arrive in Portland, as far as my understanding. Yeah, oh. the the three players, or no, not players, three people tested positive. We don't know players or staff or whatever. I think there was a quote, too, today, though, actually, from Jason Quick, or from Stotts, or relayed by Jason Quick, saying that one of them was confirmed to be a player.
0: Three positive mm. tests. Is that right? Yes, That's
2: correct. I'm not trying to take over, just trying to hand it back to you. There.
0: <laughs> hey, I appreciate facts. You know, we just <laughs> talked about that. You know, stats don't lie. So... <laughs> a brief update on NBA rest rules with relation to COVID and with relation to such a short off season uh, for some teams. Some teams had a very long off season. The NBA has basically relaxed most of their rules as far as like load management because of that short off season and because of COVID and and all that. But they did increase regulation of nationally televised games specifically. They said that teams will be fined $100,000 um, for benching like marquee players in nationally televised games. Oh. So that's that's good for the most part. Yeah. It's also good when you consider that the Blazers only have five nationally televised games for some stupid reason, it's while the Pelicans crazy have fourteen. Game. It's Jeez, also great that when you crazy. consider
3: all of the all of the at risk and elderly fans and lifelong ticket holders that might be in a facility they're not used to right now. And watching it on national television is the only way they're seeing the team that they just had season tickets to for the last decade, you know? Yeah. So I think that it's tough because, like I said, I've, I've, I've taken the courses on on uh, uh, collegiate athlete history and and, and and wanting and seeing the value in, in, in moving towards athletes having more rights in organizations. Um, but you also want to be a fan. And it's tough times.
1: It's tough times. That's for sure. Christian, you missed the biggest Blazer news of the day. Oh, get it. Melo's braids are back.
0: Hey, I did see that. What?
1: <gasps> what? <laughs> they are back. That's huge. They're back. Yeah. Got a Melo jersey on. Got his swagger go. back. <laughs>
2: Dude, <laughs> that's wait, where where is this? I have not seen anything about that. That's amazing. Oh, that I saw a picture on news.
1: Twitter. Looks awesome. When,
2: when was the last time he had braids? Is that like Denver?
1: Yeah, it's I don't know, so, man. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> Bench Mellow is now Braid Mellow. Oh, I'm braid. seeing it right now. If anyone
2: could see it.
0: Oh listen, my! I practice man. with yeah, braids on. Yeah, dude. Obviously, you really can't does. if you're listening to this podcast, but these uh, these guests in Austin can definitely see it. Um, yeah, that's what Even legit. Q
2: likes it. The dog is up here for it. He's not been yeah. Next to He's like, Yeah, Mellow has
0: braids again. Yeah. Right, Q? It sounds <laughs>
3: like there's a lot of exciting things going on, Q.
0: <laughs> so. Let's um, get into our rankings. So I'll I'll preface this by saying this NBA season will have a play-in tournament, sort of similar to the last one. But the way it's going to work is basically 1 through 10 have a shot at the playoffs. Um, If you're the 7 and 8 seeds going into the playoffs, the 7 and 8 seeds are going to face each other. The winner of that in just one game, the winner of that will have the 7 seed. The nine and 10 seeds will face each other. The winner of that will face whoever loses that seven and eight game. And the winner of that game will then have the eight seed. So you could be the 10th best team in, in the West and you could still make the playoffs. So that's definitely exciting. I mean, seven and eight pretty much lose the first round every single time. There's only been a few times where they haven't or really had much of a run at all. So it'll be interesting to see a little more drama in those lower seeds so with that being said, we have our rankings for 1 through 10 in the East and 1 through 10 in the West. And we're going to start off with the East because we'll save the best for last. Of course. I can get us started because we didn't choose anyone else to go first. So my rankings, 1 through 10 in the Eastern Conference. And I'll, I'll be honest, right around 10, it gets real tricky to differentiate. Mm-hmm. So at number 1, I have the Bucks. I think they have slightly less depth. Maybe a better eight-man rotation. Now they have Drew Holiday. Didn't end up getting Bogdanovich. But I think they're still the number one team in the East. It might be their last chance there, though. We'll see. So I have them at number one. I have the Heat at number two. Honestly, there could be some fatigue from the recent finals run, but they're deep. They have high upside. I don't think they're a dominant team like the Bucks, but they're still really solid. Um, I think with Jimmy Butler there and, and the young guys, Continuing to progress, I think they're the number two team in the East. I have the Raptors at three. They're going to be playing in Tampa Bay. Maybe that'll hurt them. I don't know. But they have some continuity, still have a good coach, still have good stars. Um, I think they have a low ceiling. I don't think they're going to be a top two team in the East, but I'm projecting them at three. Um, The Nets could be the best team in the East, but I'm projecting them at the four seed. We'll see if they can stay healthy and put it together and if Steve Nash can actually get them winning from an early... Uh, point in the season then I have the 76ers at five solid team good coach I think there's going to be growing pains but I think there's enough turmoil at the seeds below this um, that they should be able to get to that five seed six I have the Hawks the Hawks only won 20 21 games last season but they added Bogdanovich Gallinari Chris Dunn Rajon Rondo they got defensive guards and a lot more shooting Um, I have them at the 6 seed. Then the Celtics at 7. Kemba Walker's injured, so that's going to hurt them. But they're still really good, still really deep. Could do well once he comes back. I have the Wizards at 8. I think that Russ and Beal is going to be solid. I think Russ has a great attitude. They're going to be moving. They have decent players around them. I have them at 8. Then at 9, I have the Pacers. They fired Nate McMillan for some reason. Um, They have a new coach. There's some injury risk there with Victor Oladipo and the big men. I don't think TJ Warren's going to continue his bubble dominance. Uh, So I have them at the nine seed, which, like I said, should get them in the playoffs still, but we'll see how it goes. And then, honestly, this was the hardest one for me. I was debating between the Hornets and the Magic, and for some reason I think the Hornets are going to make it. I don't know what it is. I'm not super high on uh, Gordon Hayward being there or LaMelo Ball starting off strong, but for some reason I just have a feeling they're going to have a win-now mentality, and I think it... I think they have a deep enough team. They got, you know, Devonte Graham, Miles Bridges. They have um yeah, they've quite a few decent players. So, I'm going to put the Hornets there at 10 and see if it works even though the Magic have made the playoffs the last 2 years. Did, yeah. did, did you did you
2: did you not have the Wizards in the top 10 there?
0: I did. I had them at 8.
2: Oh Zade, okay, sorry, yeah. sorry. I, I think I was looking at my chart as you were reading through yours, and I might have missed that one. I awesome. was gonna say like, man, you're gonna count Westbrook out like right off the bat. <laughs> deal.
0: Yeah, no, I I put him above the Pacers, which was tough. But then I'm like, oh, they have a new coach. I I think the Wizards are gonna be able to put it together. So, <laughs> all right, who wants to go next? I'm gonna I'm gonna reverse
2: what you did a little bit, Christian. I'm gonna start at the bottom. We go go from mm. number ten since I already kind of like revealed. I'm like putting Wizards at number ten. Ooh. Uh, I I think I think they are. They've got some power, but there's there's a lot of teams in here. And even as I look at this, they might take the number 9 because I have Magic in there. I just I I have hope for the Magic. I want them to do well, so I'm kind of trying to give them a little bit of an edge a little bit. Christian, I think you and I disagree on the Hawks a little bit. I've got them down there at number 8. Uh, I see them as a good team, but they're not quite not quite up to where I see the Nets because they're only coming at number 7. I don't know what you are thinking at number 4. No, I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. No, I haven't met. Uh, oh, wait, wait.
0: The Hawks are at 6. Nets? Oh hey, nets oh yeah this, i got nets, four. you had
2: four yeah oh. um, i'm i'm just you know wow. nets they're a volatile team like if if you if they get to four i good for them i guess uh, <laughs> i i really hope that they get hardened up there if they get hardened there they might not even be not even be in the top 10 so we'll okay. see how it goes uh, <laughs> so top 6 though i have Pacers at number 6 i feel like they've been working hard the, this this team is putting things together and if they actually there's there's questions, but you know I I I think if they can put it together, they could be uh in the top six for it. 76 is at five, Celtics for number four, the the, the former uh, champ or uh, sorry the the Eastern champs Heat number three, uh then Raptors and Bucks are the top two. Man, I cannot I keep going back and forth on who's got the number one seed for it because I am I really do think that the chemistry issues that we're going to see from the Bucks are going to be a factor, man. They tried mm-hmm. to trade these guys away for Bogdan and it didn't happen, and now they're Back in that locker room, I'm curious what's going to go on with Milwaukee, but uh yeah. you know, so just saying that out loud, I'm going to say Raptors take the number one spot, Bucks number two.
0: All right.
3: Even after the Raptors lost their big men,
2: yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, Raptors lost their big men, but Bucks lost some pieces too, man. It's and I'm not putting heat up there above either one of them. I just, I, I think that chemistry issue come back to bite Milwaukee a little bit.
0: Oh, you just wait, Keith. You just wait for who <laughs> I got number one and. Raptors okay. got uh, Aaron Baines, so that's that's something right there. There you go. The Viking is
1: something. He's the the Blazer killer from yep. three. That one. I game. was Gosh, at that, that game brutal. in Phoenix. Uh, My brutal. girlfriend is literally an
3: Aaron Baines fan now because she, the only Blazer <laughs> oh. game she went to was that game. She said, who oh, oh, no. is
1: that guy? Uh, that was that terrible. That guy is crazy. Uh,
2: Hassan I had the whole uh, the, the whole like Viking man bun going for a while, and I was like, oh, my God, I look like Aaron Baines. i got to cut this off. <laughs> that was Love the end it. of it.
1: Well, let me, uh, let me piggyback <laughs> off the Milwaukee Bucks because I actually disagree with Christian of them being uh, less deep. And, and even the pieces that they – Really? And you were kind of alluding to that too, Keith. Okay, so here's some of the, the guys that the Bucks picked up. For one, they picked up Drew Holiday, right? That's awesome. But kind of unsung people, they picked up DJ Augustine. Tory Craig from Denver. Um, they also got Bryn Forbes from San Antonio, who he is a three point shooter, that is for sure. They also got Bobby Portis, and then you guys forgot that they got Sauce Castillo, Nick Stauskas <laughs> on the oh, team, no. another former Blazer. So Big watch game out, Laker killer. <laughs> watch out, yeah. Watch out for
3: early season matchups. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I re- I actually think that they are are more defensive than they were before with getting just getting Drew. Um, Tory Craig and Bryn Forbes. I think those guys are all really good defenders, and they'll be m- longer on the defensive end and more intense on the defensive end. So they're they're my number one in the East. Um, and then from there, I've got Miami. Um, after them, I have the Nets at three. Um, and I just think what? I can't. I can't. I think that Katie is going to come back with a vengeance, um, and he's going to have something to prove and. I don't, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how the Achilles injury goes. But also, I think we're forgetting, too, the Brooklyn, Brooklyn was good last year with all the pieces that they're pretty much bringing back and then adding Kyrie um, and KD on top of that. So I think if it starts out and they're struggling, that's when they're going to make the Harden trade and KD doubles down and says, yeah, I want Harden here. I'm not going to put up with mediocre. And then yeah. we'll see. All uh, hell break loose after that, <laughs> but I think if they can get some team chem- chemistry early on, they'll be pretty good because they were already pretty good. Toronto, I've got at uh, at five uh, at four, and then Philly at five, uh, Boston at six, uh, and I've got the Hawks at seven. I think they really added some good players. I hope they just let Bogdanovich cook because that guy was killing in the bubble. Uh, he he was. Killing for the, is it the Serbia team? Is he Serbia? Is that right? I
0: think think it's Serbia.
1: Serbia, yeah. Oh, my gosh. If you watch him for the Serbia team, and they just run everything through him, he's like a walking Hmm. triple-double. And then I've got at eight, uh, I've got Indiana at nine, Washington, and ten. I've got the Magic.
0: Oof. So, hang on. Who did you, you oh, you left out the Hornets as far as my team. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I just, I think it'll be, it's trying to make a ton of broken pieces fit together, and oh. they'll probably start looking decent at the end of the season. I think Devonte Graham is a great player. I like him yeah. a lot, and, and Miles Bridges too. But trying to figure out Lamelo needing the ball, Hayward needing the ball, Hayward staying healthy or not—it's just going to be too much of a mess at the start. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Matt, <laughs> listening to you discuss the Nets. I had to note this. I feel like the Jack Nicholson nodding GIF, listening to you discuss the Nets. Like, Is that just your hair? <laughs> yes, that too. You gotta, you gotta um, get a
2: whole look going for it. Yeah. You want to
3: know why, Keith? Because they're number one for me. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> it doesn't matter if they're pre-McDonald's. That's that's a quarter of Team USA right there. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Yeah, I'm I'm big on the Nets, man. I think you're coming back. I, as a Blazers fan, I can completely appreciate what it means for a big man to have lower body injuries. So uh, there's a little bit of concern there, obviously. But I think um, Kevin Durant has that oddly slight frame um, that hopefully will lend itself well to uh, an injury of that nature. Um, I guess double-sided double, uh, sword, you could say the opposite. Maybe you need some muscle to help support the injury. Um, however... I think that they will do well. I think that uh, the earth will be flat this year and Kyrie Irving will rule it. <laughs> uh, uh, the, my second seed is, is the Bucks. Um, I Keith, I hadn't considered what you had said regarding their locker room chemistry and all these trade proposals. I think that will absolutely affect them. Um, and I think that I was surprised Giannis didn't get out of there. Right. Because he had the opportunity this 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 summer. I was actually surprised he didn't get out of there. I didn't think. Now, I think that's a testament to Drew Holiday's game. Um, I think that he's he's we I mean, we all know the player that Drew Holiday is. Um, I'm not going to pour any more salt in that wound. Yeah. Um, I think I think what the heat did can't go unnoted. And I have them as my third seed. I think the Wizards uh, are my fourth seed another bit of yeah 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 Yeah. so that's another favorable uh injury recovery situation and really, really betting on the chemistry there between... Did I say that I, I, I lined this up right before the episode? Anyways. Um,
0: Dude, I love Celt- that. I was about to be like, do we have the same four teams in our top four? And then you throw in the Wizards. That was amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and
3: then I got the Celtics in there. And you know what? Honestly, the Wizards could just as easily not even be in the top ten seats. Uh, <laughs> no. um, and, and I have the Celtics at five. Uh, but Jason Tatum another you know, another similar uh, I won't say similarly but another volatile situation I could see Jason Tatum either taking a leap or remaining stagnant um, I mean I guess we've all kind of said that in some regard in, in recent years um, and but I have the I have the sixers before the Hawks those two could very easily be interchangeable between six and seven Yeah. Mm. Um, I would love to see Trey Young take a leap, kind of almost similar to his draft mate Luka Doncic, in terms of really taking over his team and saying, "Look, uh, offensively, I'm that guy, and I'm, I'm going to dominate games." I have the Raptors at eight. I really think that front court was strong for them. I know they're, I know they were aging. I know they were aging, Keith. I know they were old, du- old dudes. But um, I think, I think they brought a lot. And I think Pascal Siak. That being said. I think Pascal Siakam is a, a star. I'm not going to go as far All to say
2: right, a how super you can star. do Siakam
3: like that. Man, he's the washing <laughs> machine. He's man. He's got that. He's got that move down. I love it. But uh, yeah, I got Pacers at nine. Uh, man, I just I don't really think anyone can be successful as a pacer. Um, and that's just that's completely just. <laughs> I just don't Reg, think
1: the Reggie machine, Miller.
0: Yeah, oh.
3: yeah, that's about it. <laughs> Reggie, who's, who's sister. Pacers fans going to
0: be saying the same thing about Blazers fans. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah the guy really? who's kin put up uh, 100 points in a, in, a, in a single game, right? <laughs> Anyways, uh, and then I got the Bobcats at 10, I think. <laughs> you know I, I was actually thinking about it. I, I really like uh, you started listing these guys for the Bobcats. They're going to really be able to spread the floor a little bit. Wait, who are the Bobcats? What,
1: what's, what's oh my going gosh! Oh my
3: gosh! Why my my two K <laughs> brain? Saying? My two K brain. This uh, Charlotte, Charlotte, Charlotte. Why is my two K <laughs> brain this? Oh, My two K brain was really. What am I doing? I'm so that sorry. That is
1: 2020 in a nutshell. When uh, you think the Bobcats like, still are in the league, <laughs> I don't know. If, that was, like, was nothing better point than joining the East. I was thinking about time.
3: the orange. The orange logo. <laughs> they got the orange logo. Oh my gosh! That's because I always it. go with the oh man. Oh man. Wow, well there you go. The Charlotte Bob- that's gonna I, be the title I, of this episode. I thought, I,
2: I thought you were just trolling the same way that I kept saying Westbrook. Yeah. They were just trying, yeah. trying to troll like Bobcat's like, wait, what? What is this joke here that I'm missing? <laughs> that <laughs> is now,
3: now because I'm having a brain fart, y'all are really gonna have to tell me Charlotte Hornets.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: and they oh. don't
1: have Gerald Wallace, no. Oh, oh dang it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no more By crazy. the way, it was one of my
1: first favorite players. First
3: favorite
0: Blazers. Oh yeah. But, <laughs> he just, came on anyways, strong when he came to the Blazers. That's yeah, that's that's
3: great. my uh yeah. Incredibly
0: bleacher report like top 10 in the East. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of which, yeah, ESPN uh, didn't even have the Blazers in their prediction for the playoffs. Can you believe that? Oh, so absurd. Did man. they not? Are Isn't that just so insane? Wow. They said the
2: Blazers were going to get 38 and a half wins and get ninth
0: seed in the West.
2: Wow. After the offseason we just had. Wow. I'm
0: I'm gonna no I'm not even going to say disrespect. that. Uh, <laughs> I'll just say insane man. The Blazers are making the playoffs. Um Yeah. Yeah, that's just Okay, okay r-
2: on, on one hand it's, it's it's a shorter season, right? It's 72 games instead yeah. of 82. So thirty eight and a half wins might be more like forty one or forty two, which is the same thing they put the Blazers at the last couple seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but that's that, that's insane, dude. I I don't I don't understand the Blazers in my mind. Pretty much won the off season here as, as far as like the where they were to where they are now on paper. Yeah, uh, sorry oh, I, again, I'm just, I'm taking over and like ranting here, but yeah, oh, that, that no. just blew my mind. Oh, that totally
0: that. That's interesting though because I looked
1: at the I looked at power rankings today, and we're eleventh in ESPN's power rankings. So obviously they may, must think that something terrible happens to us at some point. <laughs> so to ninth in the West.
2: rankings right now, but yeah, ninth and ninth in the West yeah. at the end. That's ridiculous. Man. I mean,
0: you add Nurk to last year's team, and it's a solid playoff team. You add yeah. Roko and Derek Jones Jr. and Harry Giles. Like, how is that not a great team in the West? So, speaking of which, let's get to the Western Conference. I'll start off again. I had like both conferences in pretty solid tiers that had like the same amount of teams in each tier where it's like a top four, the next four, the next four, and then three. And it, it looks pretty solid to me. Um, I feel pretty comfortable with it. With that being said, um, this 10th seed again is pretty tough. It, it could be Pelicans, could be Timberwolves. I really think the Spurs and Kings are out of it. So I'm going to go with Grizzlies at 10. I think they're still good. Um, I think the fact that Ja Morant, took him to the playoffs in year one, well, basically the playoffs in year one is insane. Um, And I think he's, he's got it. He's got the it factor. Um, So I don't think they're going to be amazing, but I think they might be good enough. They didn't really improve unless you're just totally in love with, um, I can't even think of his name, Mario Hazonia Mm. now Memphis Grizzly. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, (laughs) <laughs> Number 10, Grizzlies. Number 9, that's where I have the Rockets. They have John Wall. Is he healthy? Is he good? I think he is good, but we'll see. They basically have no centers. Um, hopefully, DeMarcus Cousins plays well. Big fan of Cousins. But other than that, like you have no big men on your team with a new coach. It's not like it's Mike D'Antoni's show anymore. All that hardened drama. I think... I have them at 9. If everything goes well, they can go as high as like maybe 6, but I really don't see them any better than that. At 8, I have the Suns. This was a big thing for me was two years ago, the team where you're like, whoa, they made the playoffs still was the Clippers. And they had Gallinari, who now is on the the Hawks, so I think they're going to be great. Last year, it was the Thunder, which had both Gallinari and Chris Paul. And Chris Paul just brings out the winner in everyone, I think. I'm not the biggest fan of his, but he's definitely a winner, definitely plays hard every game. Um, I think adding that to the 8-0 bubble suns is definitely going to get them an 8 seed, possibly even better. Next at 7, I have the Warriors. And the Warriors could be anywhere from the 2 seed to the 14 seed. But I'm going to put them here at 7. I think they're pretty dang deep. Even though they have like no cap space to stay deep, without Klay Thompson, they still have Kelly Oubre and Kent Bazemore making up that like wing spot. They just got the number two pick in the draft, James Wiseman. He's athletic, big. I feel really good about them. The question is if they show up motivated because they might just have no motivation and Curry and Draymond could just be riding the you know championship bandwagon tour, just loving their life and not really caring. But I'm going to put them at seven. Six, I have the Mavericks. Honestly, the Mavericks are, I don't want to say this out loud, but they're a Luka injury away from being like the 14th best team in the West, in my opinion. Um, I'm not saying they're going to have a Luka injury, but they didn't improve this offseason. I'm not the biggest fan, but I think Luka is amazing. So I think he can certainly carry them to six, five, four, maybe even three in the West, but I'm going to put them at six. Jazz is who I have at five. I think they're still good. I think they have continuity. I also think they didn't really improve. Now my top four, and I'm pretty solid on this. I have the Clippers at four. I think they're motivated to prove themselves early, but I think there's still drama. I think Ty Lue is not some amazing coach that's going to put them over the edge. I'm going to put them at the four seed because of that. And because I think Serge Ibaka is really a great piece for them, but I'm not a big fan of losing Montrezel Harrell in getting him, so they're pretty much stagnant. And I think they're just going to have a lot of attitudes in that locker room. Then at three, um, I could put I could put this certain team as high as one. I think they're anywhere between one and six in the West, but I'm putting them at three, and that's the Portland Trailblazers. They got yeah, Nurk baby. Back. They got Hood back from injury. They got Roko and uh, Derek Jones Jr. But the the big the biggest most important thing is they have Nurk and Hood back. I think that's more important yeah. to this team's success than Roko and uh, Derek Jones Jr. But that's just icing on the cake. Um, So I have them at three. I have the Nuggets at two, just because there's a little more continuity. I think they're taking a little step back, losing um, uh, Mason Plumlee and Jeremy Grant, but their young guys are only going to get better, hopefully, uh, including their top stars, Jamal Murray and, uh, yeah, Jokic. They're going to be a really solid team for years to come, I think. So I'm going to put them at two. And the Lakers, I got the Lakers at one. I think they're definitely the best team in the league. I doubt they lag more than like six and six as far as their like resting guys to start the season. So six and six and then let's see. There's sixty more games in the season. I doubt they lose more than like ten or fifteen of those. So I think they're still the one seed. I think they end up like fifty three and nineteen, something like that. So what you guys got?
2: Christian, you know I, you and I are not too far off each other on, on, on a lot of these. I've got the Rockets down in 10, just like I had the Wizards. Yeah. Like I said, we, we got I, I got this that trade not really helping either team. Neither is going to be really successful. They're probably barely fighting to make it in the playoffs, and hopefully the Rockets don't, in my opinion. That's okay. You and I flip up to 9 and 10. I've got Grizzlies at number 9. They're looking good. I love John Moran. I think he's got a lot of pieces. The biggest thing that keeps them so far down for me is just how much better the rest of the West is, uh, has done in the offseason. That being said... Grizzlies could probably move all the way up to, like, number six as far as these rankings without much, you know, too much trouble for them. Uh, next above them, though, I've got Suns at number eight. I love what they did in the offseason – or in the uh, – <clears throat> sorry, in the bubble. I love Devin Booker. I'm also a bit bi- uh, biased. I'm a former Phoenician. I lived down there for most a decade uh, in the Steve Nash uh, – hey. Amari Stoudemire, uh, all, all Ooh, the all the good days fun. back when it was beautiful, man. It was it was really good times. And yeah, honestly, you have the it's... Nets so low with Steve Nash what? <laughs> <laughs>
1: and Amari well, look, Stoudemire I mean, on their supporting coach staff.
2: No way. Listen, oh listen. yeah, the the Nets don't even consider Steve Nash their coach. Okay, so
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> it's more of a chaperone because
3: <laughs>
2: it's Mike D'Antoni. <laughs> yeah. For number six in the West, way I have Jazz. Uh, I think you have a number five, Christian. So not that far off again. I think they're a solid team. I just don't know if they did a whole lot to. Keep up with this West as they are progressing through. Mavericks in number five. They are a strong team, and honestly, they could move even higher. Mavericks and uh, Nuggets, who I have at number four, I think are pretty interchangeable. Uh, as far as like Luka Doncic does a lot, and um, Jokic for the Nuggets can do a lot. He can also really not do much at all. Uh, so I, I I could see those teams slide up or down a little bit. And that might, again, also be partly just kind of hating on the Nuggets a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. the, I think I said in the beginning of the pod, guys, that I have hater rankings going on here. For sure. <laughs> oh. uh, Clippers got number three. I hate putting them up that high. Uh, I really wish I could have gone lower. And it, they could be. They could fall off with the way the chemistry has gone, with the way the kind of some of the offseason stuff has gone with uh, with Paul George. I would not be surprised to see Clippers fall down to uh, not having home court advantage in the first round. Uh, you can see Nuggets or Mavericks slide up into that third spot. The number two is the Lakers, man. I just can't do it. I, <laughs> off the top. I understand. I get it. I get, get it. Keith. I, get, oh, man. I get that it's LeBron and AD. They are two top five players. I'm not denying that. But what did you hear AD say when he was signing his five-year contract extension uh, just like last week? Why did he say he did it? Injuries. injuries. Yeah. yeah, he is already true. he's not even in the season yet, and he's already worried about his injuries. This dude is not going to play sixty games this season. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm saying that right now. AD is not going to play sixty. LeBron, as amazing as he is, and he is the goat in my opinion. He passed Michael in, in my opinion, and maybe that's the hot take of the day for me too. I don't know, but LeBron. The, the, the well is not endless for anyone, and eventually it's got to start drying up. Maybe it happens this year, especially if he has to try and cover for AD's injuries. The moves they made in the offseason, people are acting like Dennis Schroeder is the equivalent of Rajan Rondo. They are right? insane. Mm-hmm. They are insane. Can we swear on this podcast?
0: <laughs> Go for I it. I mean, I guess. They <laughs> are <laughs> insane. Yeah, no, that works. Yeah. We'll see if it <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry, Austin. laughs> <laughs> Whoever's got to edit, man,
2: my apologies. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the, the moves that the Lakers made, they're not bad moves, but I think people are giving way too much credit to the talent they already had on that roster. And I was talking with, uh, with uh, Chad and Ty on the uh, first episode back for Trailcasters that we did last week. I was telling them, if you take AD and LeBron out of the Lakers equation and you take Dame and CJ out of the Blazers equation... The Blazers have a much better supporting cast. Much yeah. better. It's not even close, in my opinion. And I think that's going to play a factor over the season, especially when you consider COVID. Uh, like, like, Forget injuries. If you consider just sickness being a factor of of affecting rosters, depth is going to play a major part, as is chemistry. And we've already yeah. talked about that a bunch on this pod. I think Blazers have some serious factors here that are n- not on-paper factors. On paper, I think the Blazers win it right now. They have the best offseason. Mm-hmm without paper all the kind of the the in-between stuff i think they still are probably one in in one of the better spots in the league so i got Blazers top of the west right now and so many things can happen so many things can slide around but man it's not impossible
1: getting my hopes up man (laughs) (laughs) i was was listening to
3: keith i'm getting excited like Like, yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: that's what i'm here for
1: all right (laughs) All right, well, for me, I'm pretty similar to you guys. Well, in some things. Some things are very different. Uh, Houston it rounds out the bottom for me at 10. Um, I am okay. really curious to see what they do, though. I, I would love to see Boogie come back and, and John Wall come back and both both play well together. I've got Utah at 9, mm-hmm. um, and that's because I think Utah really did nothing in the offseason. They, they re-signed favors, and that's pretty much it. And, and they've got some locker room chemistry stuff still with their two best players in Gobert and Mitchell not being huge fans of each other. And so I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of do what the Blazers did from two seasons ago to last year where um, they just kind of dropped. And it's yeah. not like they're bad. It's not like uh, they um, they have this high ceiling. It's just that the West is so competitive and um, they're just not going to be as high as they were before. I've got Phoenix at 8. And it's for all the same reasons. You guys, I think they're, they're really good um, with what they were working on last year. Um, I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, Monty, uh, Monty Williams. Uh, I think he's awesome coach. He's oh, yeah. got some of the same chemistry stuff going on in their locker room that the Blazers do. And uh, really want good things for him. Um, I've got Golden State. At seven, and I agree. I think you said it, Christian. They could end up at anywhere because I just <laughs> think that a healthy Steph Curry with pretty much a year off basketball, um, and then Draymond got to rest more last year. Uh, I just, yeah, I just, I'm excited when I saw that, uh, that Dame and Steph were yes. going back and forth when Dame was shooting those half court shots. And Dame was like, you're pulling up from 18. I'll do it. If you do it. And then yep. and with 18 seconds on the shot clock. And it was like, Oh, that's the Steph. I love the, the Steph that's not attached to Kevin Durant. I, yes. I, I actually can cheer for him. <laughs> yeah. um, so I am excited yeah, yeah. to see them come back in, uh, to the mix. And then I've got New Orleans above them. I think that seeing that Zion has no minute uh, restriction, um, that was announced either yesterday or today. And uh, I think Ingram's the real deal. He's super good. And then they added in uh, Steven Adams. for. I think that Zion's going to be so good on help side defense when Steven Adams just bodies up the big guys down low. Um, so I like New Orleans. Bledsoe in there is nice too. I've got Dallas um right in there at five and I think they did more than someone sa- I think someone said that they didn't do much this off season. they added Josh Richardson and Josh Richardson when he was the main guy for the heat two just two seasons ago he was he either wasn't all-star or he was right on the cusp of being an all-star and I think that Josh just didn't get to have the ball much um when he was on Philly, and there was weird locker room stuff there, I think he's a really good defensive player, and also he's another knockdown three shooter. So I think he'll be really good for Dallas. But I agree, Christian. If Luca anything happens to Luca, they're they're in big trouble. Um, number four, I've got Denver. Uh, I don't think they losing Torrey Craig. I think and Mason Plumley, I think hurts them, but also I think it gives room for. Um, uh, Michael Porter Jr. to just continue to step up his game, and that dude looked really good in the bubble. So they may, he makes me nervous for them being higher than I have them currently. I've got the Blazers at three. Keith, you're making me feel bad oh, about wow. three when you. I felt when you. I thought that I was going <laughs> high with them at three. But I I think that yeah, with COVID considered, um, just a weird year. This is maybe the deepest team in my lifetime that the Blazers have ever had. When you think about the first five guys off the bench that will be in good rotation are Gary Trent, Rodney Hood, Carmelo Anthony, Zach Collins, and Cantor. And then guys like Simons, I'm, I'm kind of hoping he doesn't play. Sorry, Simons. Um, <laughs> but just keep Dame or CJ at point all the time. Yes. And then have those other five guys rotating in. Not only is it scoring off the bench, but it's also defense off the bench to have Hood and Collins um and, and Trent coming off the bench too, which that's usually you have one or the other in players, not um not a bench that can do both for you. So that's pretty sweet. And then for the Clippers, I have them at two. I would love to see them drop, but uh I'm yeah, I'm curious just to see what they do. I think adding a baca is, is good for them. And I'm hoping good things for Batum over there too, as he signed with them. I think he'll be a good rotational player off the bench do some ball handling, all that kind of stuff. And then I got the Lakers at one, and I agree that Schroeder isn't Rondo. He's actually a better offensive player than Rondo, uh, but a worse defensive player. Um, Yeah, there it is. (laughs) Yeah, he's a worse defensive player, but that's not necessarily what they need him to do for them. They just need him to come in and actually hit shots. The game that the Blazers beat the Lakers – Caldwell Pope, J.R. Smith, those guys couldn't. Danny Green couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. So yeah. if he can come in and shoot for them, and then they can just let him and Montrez Harrell kind of do the Lou Williams Montrez Harrell pick and roll. I, I think that. Sh- Schroeder is sneaky good at getting to the hoop and getting and ones and him and Harold will be a nasty combo together off the bench if they choose to do that. But yeah, I I, I think Mark Gasol too, like if he can be anything like Mark Gasol in Memphis with some of his shooting that he started picking up later on too, that's something JaVale and Dwight both couldn't do for them. So I've got Lakers at the top of the West.
3: Well, I'll tell you what, I sure do like going from 10 to 1. <laughs> and at 10, I have the Rockets, Mr. John Wall. Dang. And yeah. uh, Demarcus Cousins. I, I got him at 10. I, I uh, actually am, am greatly regretting my statement earlier about the Wizards. Um, <laughs> but the, U- the Utah Jazz, I got him coming in at 9. Wow. I, uh, I, I really love um, whoever had, had stated really just the competitive nature and really how fast moving uh, the West is uh, in terms of, of offseason moves and, and honestly in-season competit- uh, competitiveness. You know, stag being stagnant is not an option, and they were stagnant. The Pelicans I have at 8. That's in- incredibly dependent on Zion's performance. Um, unfortunately we didn't have as much of a, of a, uh, case study as I think we would have liked last season with the minutes restriction to see, really have a accurate de- depiction of what he's, what he's going to be able to do for them. I have the sons at seven that could change. Um, I actually had a friend down here. I live in the greater Phoenix area who, uh, was brazen enough to wager that they would outseed the blazers. What? So, and I told him I would bet him any sum of money and he, oh. <laughs> so that's a blame chick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, but I think that that's that's going to be good for them. I really think it's about timing. I think age and timing for their rosters is really jumbled up. And it's funny because when it, when a roster is not achieving success and they have the opposite, they say, "Well, they need more diversity, they need more leadership in the locker room." It's like, well, now here I am looking at them saying, "Well, maybe there is a the timing with the age is just not right in the
2: career, you know." Just just throw out a number real fast. Throw, throw out a number. How many injuries would the Blazers roster have to sustain for the Suns to outrank them? outsee them this in the season. Oh man.
3: You know, the sad thing is as a Blazers fan with (laughs) just a black heart, I, um, like, I just like, could it happen? Could, could we all go down?
2: Yeah. You'd you'd need to have such a disastrous thing. Like, (laughs) I mean, like a COVID outbreak maybe could be that. That's all it could take. It might not be that extreme. It could just take a COVID outbreak and the team, a whole bunch of key players miss a few games, but man, I hate how
3: realistic that is. If I lose my bet, Keith, I'm sending you an invoice.
0: (laughs) Okay. Do you guys want me to um, open a knock on wood can of worms that I would much rather not talk about as far as injuries? Absolutely. Okay. Here's what I'm going to say real quick. Okay. The Blazers on the court, based on how their team is put together right now, will be more affected in the win column as far as the regular season goes if Nurk gets injured than if Dame gets injured. And on top of that, if we lose uh, two or three solid guys, but only one of them is named Dame or Nurk, no, yeah, say we lose three guys, only one of them is named Dame or Nurk, we still make the playoffs. Lose them as in like, like that's lose my, for this. my knock on wood for for long term injury.
3: What a, what um, a what a as long as we or... have
0: Dame or Nurk, we could we could lose multiple other big players. And still make the playoffs
3: maybe so maybe okay. an alternate way to state it would be that we just can't lose dame and dark together and that is am i hearing Definitely. that or okay. or anyone
0: please don't anyone get injured thank you
2: uh. i think that's super like i i i get what you're saying like if we have one of dame or nurk we should be okay to kind of like sail through a rough patch uh but man the idea of even like which of them would be more of a of an impact i don't know that's that's a tough one cuz like we, we got a about, bunch of front court depth right now but we you think know, about Cantor yeah.
0: starting That's what about what about defensively, defensively
3: though but we saw that what about before? defensively in the front court
0: but like if if you're you're filling in cj at point and you have trent or hood or someone else uh starting at shooting guard that's going to help the team so much more than starting Cantor at center that's going to be brutal against most See, teams
1: See the thing is I think we know what life without Nurk looks like cuz we had to do it and we were successful ah, right we made it go. further yeah. so. but I think the the chemistry piece and how demoralizing it would be for the team would be if Dame goes down for a season we've seen Dame for stretches where CJ hopped in at point, and did pretty well. But I think that would be pretty demoralizing if Dame went down.
3: I don't want to hear that, around. (laughs) I'm I'm the
0: one who opened the can, okay?
2: You
1: (laughs)
3: You did.
2: did. I'm I'm with you, Matt, man. I, I, I feel like a I feel like we've seen Dame go down for short stretches and CJ can handle that. But even in those short, tre- short, man, that's a tongue twister for some reason. Short stretches, I have not been super confident in CJ being able to hold up for a longer period. We, we saw Nurk go down for way longer than we wanted to. And Cantor, as much as I did not expect him to hold up his end, he didn't do badly. We we made it to the Western Finals mm-hmm. that year. We can't argue that, you know. Uh, it's uh, man that that's a tough question which one of those would be more kind of critical to holding the team together on course.
3: Well, well and uh, here's the thing, we and, and yeah. ra- there's Ramadan and a and a separated shoulder, right? So he wasn't taking hey, no
2: no no fasting this year, man. Ramadan's not falling mm-hmm. on the playoffs this season. Yes, it's Oh,
3: that is a very <laughs> unique. I, I actually, there's going to be some really awesome stories to come from that. I'm really looking forward to it. That's going to be very unique. I mean, what other, one other. Those players are going to love that. When else do you get to experience There's a serious that?
2: difference for a number of NBA players. There's yeah. more than people might think. There's a number of Muslim players in the NBA, and that, that, that is a factor. Even yeah. if we don't hear stories about all of them fasting, even though we heard so many stories about Ennis Cancer. Hey, did you know that he was fasting during the playoffs? Uh, yeah, for the
1: 15th time. I've, I've heard that. Thank you.
2: But, yeah, it, it affects a number of players, so it definitely will be different this year.
1: Just to finish that thought, this year, not everything's riding on Cantor because we also have Zach right. Collins coming off the bench, and we have Harry Giles, too. Yeah. So we yeah. have more depth, I think, at that position than we've had in the past. And, yeah, I, I just – and even like – so say Rocco has to start playing some four. When he did that for Minnesota, that dude was a double-double machine. That guy can rebound. Yeah. So, I, I yeah, I'm just not – I even though I would hate for Nurk to go down and running the offense through him as that like pick and pop, pick and roll guy has been super cool to see. Uh, I just think that we are, w- even though we have depth at that guard position too, we're not as devastated at the center position as we've been in past years.
2: It's a great yeah. point. Let, let me let me kind of add this one there. Just kind of piggyback on what you're saying, Matt. If Nurk goes down, we've got Cantor. If Cantor goes down, Zach Collins has before played center. If Collins can't play center. Roko has before played center it's in a it's true. Lineup. I'm not saying it's sustainable, that would be kind but of fun. like <laughs> but I'm just saying like good luck finding a fourth string point guard on this lineup. Yeah, there's not one there, you know
1: <laughs> Good luck finding a second string <laughs> <laughs> That's a
2: good,
3: that a good point so to answer your question Christian, I think uh, I think most would say Damien would be the more costly yeah. between the two but real quick I'll sum it up um, The rest of my West, I have uh, Pelicans at 8, Suns at 7, Golden State at 6. I think Steph Curry is Steph Curry. He just got his own shoe brand. And then also uh, Denver Nuggets coming in at 5. I think you can't undersell Ball Ball. Uh, And them basically growing through those players. It's a joke, but also like Ball Ball and Michael Porter Jr. are going to be those guys that were like, oh my gosh, like the Nuggets are still in it. Not only are they in it, they're like the top three seed in – Michael Porter Jr. is averaging like I don't know. I'm not going to throw a number out there. I'll
2: <laughs> but um,
3: Clippers at four. I actually something that we haven't discussed is the chemistry between um, the chemistry between uh, Kawhi and his former teammates. Right? Isn't I mean is that is that not a, a, an audible dynamic? Right? Because we he got a couple of his oh definitely his,
0: yeah. So oh, with Serge Ibaka,
3: who else did he yeah. get? Uh no, it was just search. It was just search. Yeah, okay, yeah. so singular. I apologize. Um, Ooh. so yeah, I think I think that that might behoove them. Um, and then the Blazers, I have at two. I think the yeah. Lakers. Lakers are just like, man, that's just it's so tough. <laughs> I feel like that is just such an uh, an NBA fan like reality to live with each year. <laughs> um, anyways, so yes, the Blazers. Uh, I I am I'm, I'm happy about. <laughs> at number at number two, right? Oh, oh, oh yeah! Oh, double person. Oh. <laughs> <Double laughs> hey, I gotta be a little bit of a mediator here. <laughs> did it, did it, our uh, Christian and Matt, you guys said three, right? Or Christian, yeah. did you
0: have him lower? I had it. I had him at three. Yep. Okay.
3: So i Hey, I'm breaking even at two. Yeah. Um, and that is just simply because of the uh, dominance of Anthony Davis when healthy. But you know, a very Notable silver lining that I thought of when listening to you each discuss your rankings is we're talking about regular season. Yep. Anyways, regular season, Anthony Davis, injury prone, resting, not prioritizing. Uh, we'll show up to the postseason and dominate you pretty much. Yeah, that could be hap- that could happen. That could be a reality.
0: That, that's where Sorry, I'm at I couldn't with.
2: quite hear that. I feel like your mic cut out again. I think you said Blazers are going to dominate Anthony Davis in the postseason. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, cool. So we'll just go with that. That's good. Love it.
0: Uh, I think the Lakers are definitely number one team in the West for sure. I think Nets could be that team in the East. They just might have some growing pains in the regular season, like you're alluding to, Austin. I think another key thing is Kevin Durant, when healthy, he's like never lower than a three seed. That's something to consider. Now he's in the East. Should be even easier for him, maybe. But those top teams in the East are still really good. I mean, Bucks and Heat are right there, too. But I pretty much have, like, eight contenders in there. Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Blazers from the West, Bucks, Heat, Raptors, Nets in the East. Maybe the Celtics if they put things together at the end. But, yeah, I mean, this was a great discussion. Thank you guys uh, for joining in that. Let's uh, talk just real briefly on the Blazers' schedule that was announced just recently. The Blazers start off the season with a pretty tough stretch. They start out um, versus Utah. Uh, By the way, the season starts on December 22nd, two weeks from Tuesday. And the Blazers' first game is Wednesday the 23rd against Utah, then against Houston, which uh, we said we didn't have the highest hopes for Houston this season, Um, but still a tough game. Then against the L.A. Lakers, we're going to hope that they're resting. You know, that would be great. They have their Christmas game where they'll be fined a whole bunch if they don't play, so maybe they'll rest after that. Uh, And then against the Clippers, December 30th, then they got two straight games at Golden State Warriors, so they're finishing off that California tour. So a tough six games to start the regular season. I mean, I'm excited for it. You guys got any thoughts on those first six games? I think yeah. If we
1: win the first two, we're winning. We're winning four of the six, if not five out of the six. But I think I think for for our team in the past, if we win the first game of the season, we're feeling pretty good early. When we lose the first game of the season, uh, especially if it's a home opener, even though it will look very different this year, um, I think sometimes then we have a rocky start, and then that, those are the years that we start. Having to do better around the All Star break, but we if we can bust out four or five of those first games, uh, we're we're going to be sitting towards the top of the West uh, at the All Star break and then beyond.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, it's it's a tough start to have right off the bat, man. When you have uh, I think even beyond the first six, I, I think like seven of our first ten opponents are projected like playoff teams, so they're starting off right in the in the thick of it right off the bat. Uh, but yeah, Jazz and Rockets. Those should be easy warm ups, like for to get this. Maybe maybe not just, but like let's like, that should be an, a good warm up to get this the season going. Lakers Clippers could be tough both on the road, but those two Warriors games, I'm with you guys. If they can bounce back and get four of these first six, this is a really good sign to start out.
0: Yeah, for sure. So before we finish out, I had mentioned if we had any locks, like all right, me personally, I'm gonna lock in that you know Lakers are the one seed, whatever it is. The more exciting and dramatic the better what kind of locks do you guys have for this nba season could be uh could be the blazers or it could be any team could be standings could be so and so is gonna win mvp it's up to you all right got my lock all right keith inspired
1: me keith inspired me (laughs) this is the year where damian lillard wins mvp lock it in
2: oh there we go i like it yeah boy that's huge oh my gosh
1: Hey, you to, if like, Blazers are up there, Blazers are up there, and I think that he's gonna, with more help, he's gonna be more able to do Dame time with more ease and less pressure, and that threes are gonna be shot at even a higher clip and with more precision. And he's gonna, his assists are gonna go up too because there's gonna be more guys that he trusts with the ball to score, and he's gonna be fresher because he's not gonna have to play as many minutes. Uh, as in the past, and if the Blazers are the two seed, you can almost guarantee um, that Dame is going to be the MVP of the league.
2: Love, love it, dude! Oh man. It. Well, and let's be clear about it too: the MVP of the regular season, like. This is a. This is going to be a dude who makes uh, like they're. The, the, it's good. you're going to have to be a top seed to get there. Sorry, I'm stuttering, yep. through, stuttering through this. But yeah, like, I feel like it's a nice lock in. Like we all feel good about this team, man. This is going to get there. Yeah. Let's do this. Yeah. Oh, you got me on that one, Max.
3: <laughs> I had a couple really kind of like frivolous ones, and that were like certainly not Blazers related. And I am throwing them all down the garbage disposal. I am absolutely <laughs> jumping on the Matt bus. And, and like, man, I just didn't even really consider, like, the circumstances of the year and, and like, the timing of Damien's really athletic prowess and, and his skill and, and really it all coming together, supporting cast. Like, this is the year. I'm yeah. buying in, Matt. I'm year. buying in. Yeah. Love it.
2: Love it. Oh, man. Yeah. So I I mean, I I can't I can't not go along with it. I think it'd be a fantastic (laughs) market. It's totally uh, like you said, Austin. This is the year if there's ever a time where this is feasible, Matt, this is the year to do it. Uh, I could see it happening, man. I would love to see it get there, man. Again, my I feel like I was going to lock in. My lock-in was going to be I, – I I would love to say that I can lock in Blazers for one, but you all took Lakers for one uh, uh-huh. the first season. So I, can, I feel like it's a tough lock. But <laughs> my next lock was going to be like, okay, Blazers got home court advantage. That seems like frivolous now as hell. The uh-huh. to name MVP. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, okay, how about – let's see. We got a 72-game season. Uh-huh. Nurk is coming off an injury. He did amazing in the bubble. Man, I, I feel like it's a... Uh, oh gosh, what am I trying to say? Okay, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna lock in Nurk. Uh, we're gonna do a minutes one. It's a little more detailed here. Uh, as as like the minutes he has played before, we've been waiting for him to kind of get to the point where he can like play cardio and not have to worry about injury and the rest. And I know that we have the backups for him this year. Obviously, we got Cancer in the rest. So maybe they're not even gonna push his minutes as much. But I say. Man, I, I feel like I should look up what he's averaged in the past years to just make sure I'm not gonna. I'm gonna be like, oh, Nurk is average. Nurk's gonna average thirty minutes, and he already is uh, getting thirty-two. No, I, I want to lock. I want to lock Nurk in for thirty-four minutes a game. Well, seems a little high. Uh, like even it. as I say it, it seems high. I like well, it. <laughs> I want to lock Damien for MVP. I just. I'm trying to find something <laughs> after that, but I'm just. I'm on the Matt Elders <laughs> train over here. <laughs> hey, oh.
0: Okay. I wasn't going to go Blazers before, but with Matt saying that, I, I thought of my own Blazer one, okay? And I th- I think it's a a pretty uh bold take right here. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm including two teams in the East, okay? The Blazers will only lose in the playoffs this year if it's against the Lakers, the Bucks, or the Nets. Lock like it in. It.
2: Only losing against Lakers, Bucks, or Nets?
0: Those are the only teams that can beat them in the playoffs. Okay
2: like one have. Western team. I like that.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. You pass the Lakers, you make it to the finals. Let's go.
2: Okay, man. So there you go. Like If, if Anthony Davis is he's not going to play all these games, like I said, LeBron is, is finally hitting the bottom of his well. The Blazers make it past Lakers and uh, Nets and Bucks both miss the finals in the East, so we're good. We're champs. We got this. We're golden. <laughs> Let's go
0: for the Celtics. <laughs>
2: okay, so right. I, I quick thing. I, I did some research before. Sorry, not, sorry, Austin. Not trying to cut you off here, but as far as like Nurk's minutes, he, he the most minutes he's played per game was thirty one point six last year. So I feel comfortable. I'm going to lock him in more this season. He's getting thirty two wow. minutes a
0: game this season. Let's do it. Wow. All right, that I mean that'd be awesome to see
3: Even with the the wealth of bench front-court talent now
2: Yeah, well look I mean they've got a wealth of depth at the front court But you're not looking to play Harry Giles a lot of minutes at center off the bat You're not looking to play Zach Collins at all off the bat and to be honest if we have a choice between Nurk and Cantor That's an easy choice. I'm not I'm not saying Cantor's bad, uh, we saw what he did for us before, but even then, he was supposed to be Nurk's backup. He did, he exceeded those bounds, yeah. so uh, I would love it if you could get Cantor. I, I mean, again, if, if Nurk's hitting 32, that still gives 16 minutes left in the game. Cantor takes 12 or 14 of those. You get Zach or Harry in for the other two to four. That seems like a good fit. I'm, I'm pretty good with that. So, yeah, 32 minutes for Nurk. Let's see it. You heard it here first on Peeps and Plaid. <laughs> I like it. it.
1: <laughs> hey, dudes, I, I probably got a bounce. Yep. But thank you oh. for having me on the episode. It was great talking Blazers with you guys. And have a good rest of your time rounding out the episode. And go Blazers. Dame MVP
0: 2020. Hey Matt. Perfect. Thank you, Matt. Thank you Matt. Right.
1: joining us. <laughs> and
3: that, guys. that's
0: Matt. He's my, uh, he's my go-to guy to talk basketball, talk Blazers. He knows a lot more than me. He's taught me everything I know. So, uh, with that being said, Keith, um, where can we find you?
2: Uh, yeah, thanks guys. I appreciate you having me on again, and sorry if we ran long. I love ranting with you guys. It's been a lot of oh, fun yeah. talking. <laughs> you can always find me. Gosh, I actually need to like, go and check on what the, the, the Twitter is. Is it still Rip City Keith? It's been so yep. long. So I believe <laughs> it is Rip City Keith. You can, you can find me at Rip City Keith and also at Trailcasters. We're on there all the time uh has we finally booted our season back up i'm gonna get both of you guys on the pod hopefully sooner than later uh i think we're going for a lot of group chats again we had some fun early this summer doing big kind of group chats for it uh so yeah we're gonna you know keep that going i think and please come and join us both of you and and all of your listeners come over we'll,
0: we'll be there every week Absolutely. sounds great Stay thanks so you. much for joining us keith Thank Give him you guys. a
3: listen, everybody. Yes. Keith, thank you so much for joining us. It's been great to uh, connect with you again here, man. It's been great for all of us Blazers fans to get back to basketball and get a little bit of uh, old normalcy and in, in all this new normalcy. So, uh, you know, go ahead and check us out here at peeps and plaid uh, on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. If you want to see a half completed account and <laughs> go ahead and listen to us on Spotify, Apple podcast, all that jazz. We're on everything. We're everywhere. We're like Coca-Cola. Anyways.
0: Ayo. Hey. <laughs> Thank you so much Keith. We got to have the that on more often with their one seed and MVP energy. I'll take it. Let's go Rip
2: City.